0: Hello, oh, hello, and welcome to episode three of the Bridge Set Sound Shop podcast. Once again, I'm joined by Matthew White. Hello. And today we have Guy Juravich, uh the inventor of the spin bull, a beautiful man and a great friend. Hey, everybody. How's it going? And he's putting us all to shame with his voice already. Um, so we're going to bring him into the conversation a little bit later and let us soak in some fame here first. Uh, we do have some great news. Yes, we do. Matthew and I and uh, and Tao were talking, and it's been so long since we recorded episode two. It was 30 days ago, and uh, we had all this hype, and we posted it, and we were all excited, and then fell flat. So we decided we're going to do two episodes a month now. Um, this one will be what you've heard before, where... We kind of just talk um, for a couple minutes, and then we bring a guest in, which is going to be Guy today. Um, but then halfway through the month, we're just going to get silly, and uh, Matt and I are going to go, just the two of us, and have some shop talk, uh, talk about, I don't know, records, products.
1: What kind of cheese we bought that day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that somehow is just going to be <sighs> in every episode, and again, we forgot to bring cheese down. Oh, uh, dog, It's in have- my heart. <laughs> 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 Name That Cheese is a game we're slowly working on bringing into the, <laughs> the podcast. We just have a um, lot of games that we just say we're going to do, and we're like, dude, next time, bro. You're yeah. To, cheese. <laughs> I so, smell th- a telegio. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah. yeah, he did it. You already knew. It. <laughs> 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 So uh, this is coming out on April 1st, if you're listening to it today. Um, and then the other one will be like a little bit shorter. That'll come out about halfway through the month so definitely stay tuned we wanted to hang out with you guys a little bit more um and we do we film these at 10 a.m on thursday mornings typically so i do want to thank ox coffee who brian was our last guest yeah Um, and he was there this morning with uh what song was that playing on the turntable
1: that was uh neil
0: young with uh Only Love Can Break Your Heart. Oh, my God. Mm.
1: I was blown away. I was like, I haven't heard this since I was, like, 19. To
0: to walk into a coffee shop, a good coffee shop, and hear that song just put us in the right mood. So thank you, Brian, and uh, all the more reason to go to Ox Coffee. And I also want to thank Ox Coffee because now we can say we have a sponsor. And so now we can work on selling out and getting Taco Bell to deliver their breakfast. To us, <laughs> Taco Bell breakfast sponsored by Ox Coffee. <laughs> oh, please, please, somebody hear our plea. Um, I feel like I've just been yammering on and on, so we just really have one update. Um, other than the usual like announcements of events, instead of boring you with that every time, I'm making the, the web page prettier so you can just go to the website, bridgehitsound.com. Click on events, then you'll see the three built-in monthly events we talked about. The synth night, the uke night, and the didgeridoo night. Um, and then we've just got a lot of cool stuff uh, coming up because it's nice out now. It's getting, getting nice out. And uh, we're getting like invited to all kinds of vinyl events um, at different coffee shops and throughout the city. So definitely do stay tuned because we're getting into some crazy, crazy fun stuff with uh, some crazy fun people.
1: But uh, And uh, one update from the last one, the most important yes. update. Yes. Our uh, our pink guitar friend, little little crappy so $20 guy, <laughs> flew right out the door.
0: <laughs> it didn't so much sell on its own as it was bundled in with a much more expensive guitar. It was like, please take this.
1: Here. It was <laughs> our student, Melissa.
0: Um, I think she came, came to the back and saw it kind of just sitting amongst the trash and was like, what is that? A good, uh, it was like waiting to go to the bathroom. It was just sitting there. the <laughs> guitar, and Chris was like, I don't, Chris is her teacher, like, I don't think so. And then we confirmed that it was indeed not a good purchase. You know, the action was sticking way up. It's the little pink burst guy. um Did she get the bag with it? I couldn't find the bag. Oh, the and bag and then I felt bad because <laughs> she got a seagull, you know, a great guitar, uh spent some money, hooked her up with that. And then, then we threw that in as the kicker, and of course I ran my mouth and was like, yeah, this pink guitar comes with a bag. <laughs> and then I couldn't find the bag anywhere, and I still haven't found the bag. Um, but the bag did have a giant hole in the bottom of it, so I don't know <laughs> if it would have served much of a purpose. And it just said guitar on it. Yeah, I um, don't think that was really a guitar. <laughs> well, it would pretty much
1: a lie. <laughs> Stretching it a bit, huh? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
0: so... Do you want to uh I know guys so well I feel like I'm just gonna I don't know. I've I've been down this road so many times. Do you want to just uh do pick his uh pick his beard a little bit Pick his beard a little how's bit How you man. feeling how are you yeah. feeling guy
2: i'm feeling good how are you
0: matt you nice doing well?
1: i'm doing very good nice. you took a, a pretty sweet photo of me today oh it yeah was that like, was fun you took a, a picture of steve i look like i just woke up and steve looked like he was like just coming out of the bathroom <laughs> which both are true <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> both, both are actually, actually true. they're 100% yeah. true yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> accurate indeed yeah, yeah dude
2: so well, it's good to uh, see you yeah man so how's everything going with the uh with the life with the life, not bad. I'm liking the the weather changing slightly. Uh, the humidity's killing my symbol production. I'm in the midst of, of making symbols, so even right now, there's a symbol being patinaed in my backyard. But the more humid and cold it is, the harder it is for the patina to stick. So oh. I'm waiting. I'm dying for the the 70 degree days that we had in February. That kind of thing. So yeah, I'm looking forward to spring. I'm in a great, I'm in a good mood. Yeah, you look great. Yeah, oh, thanks, man. Yeah. You look great. You always Thank look you. great. You, you both, you both a good looking gents. <laughs> thanks, bruh. Good looking gents. Except, for, right. those <laughs> 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 Except for those the pictures. Destroy the evidence. I'm tired of this. Right. Wait, so did you say the humidity helps or hurts the? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it it hurts. I mean, it makes it slower. It actually, in the long run, they they look great when they, when they, when you do a patina for a long time, um, but um, you know. It takes like five days uh, in the weather like this that we've got, but uh, yeah, when it's sunny, it can you can do it in an afternoon. So it just it's a
0: faster process. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, talking about some symbols here because he is the inventor of the spinball, the symbol spinner. <laughs> yep. is that still
2: a, the tagline? Or yeah, yeah, we're still. Cool. I think we're going to keep. Yeah, spinball, the symbol spinner, and it sounds like a bit of a mouthful. Um, but I guess to pull back and explain maybe what it is for yeah, some yeah. of the listeners who would be. Uh, Curious to know what uh, what it is. Um, essentially, it's a cymbal spinner that is um, manual, meaning that it's analog. There's no electricity, um, and it fits right on a cymbal stand the way any cymbal holder would. Um, you know, whether it's the piece of um, the metal washers that many drummers use, and then put a uh, a felt on top of that, or whether it's a plastic housing with a sleeve, which are the most common. Uh, the idea is that um, you know those are those are phenomenal. You know, for what they do, they serve their purpose. Um, but it's more fun to spin a symbol, and so that was a discovery I made a while ago. And um, essentially, what it is is it's a six oh eight ball bearing, the same size ball bearing that's in a skateboard wheel, and it's inside of a symbol holder. So it's very simple. I'm very proud to say we're patent pending now on that, and uh, we're going to be going to an official launch uh, within uh, a month, or maybe maybe even less. So uh, things are really. Uh, for the first time we uh, we can sort of see where our launch is um after a year and a half of uh planning and st- st- strategy work yeah so was that a year and a half since
0: the the skateboard incident if you will or was that even
2: longer i mean yeah about a year and a half since the skateboard incident it was it was gosh wait no i maybe it's even longer, longer. T- longer yes cuz i we do something called the
0: franklin flea um and it, this one was outside at the shambles and I was working, it's like an outdoor vintage market, and uh guy did come a-running down and was like, you know, kicking around these ideas in the past, and I think that was the day that the skateboard guy almost ran into you or hit you or something, and you just saw it spinning, and and then we just got to talking, and I remember
2: you were just like, I'm off to nocturnal. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. it was like, I have a, I have a mission. Um, but yeah, so I, like, I got knocked down by the skateboarder, literally right on this corner at 7th. Yeah, Seventh and South here, um, right in front of Green Street Consignment. Uh, plug them, why not? But just uh, like a bam, like yeah, no, not, literally, yeah, slap me. Um, and <laughs> I'm I'm not a big guy. Uh, I went down. You know, I yeah. had my groceries. I had uh, some Whole Foods bags. Not the yogurt. Um, yeah, right. I mean, it was like a big mess. I had a um, ton of eggs that day. Oh, my <laughs> God, right. Yeah, like four dozen eggs. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 okay. Like I not, not knocked over, and there I am. You know, glasses fell off and everything, and there's just a skateboard wheel like inches in front of my eye. And it's it amazing that it took that long because the idea was years before I had the idea to start spinning cymbals. So it hit me literally in my face, and that's how I figured it out. Um, to, yeah, so that was it. I saw you at Franklin Free Random nocturnal. They, they were kind enough to give me a skateboard wheel, like, a, like an old one, something that wasn't perfect. And I bought some bearings, you know, some reds, some classic bearings. And um, I went home, uh, tried to tried to find a cymbal stand, and I realized that I had left them all at a studio. So I went out went out to um, Blue Bond Guitars and bought a cymbal stand because they had a, a used one, I think. And, uh, and then right there at Franklin Flea is where I put the skateboard wheel on the cymbal holder, on the simple stand for the first time and the eight millimeters matched up and it was Frankenstein moment. It was that moment, man. And you were, there. You, I were was. there. you and, and your and your wife Tad was there, as I believe. I believe yeah, so. She yeah. was there. And it was like this wildly exciting moment where I realized that there was something happening here. And I thought it was D- DIY. I was like, Great, we can all just throw skateboard wheels on our symbols. But I mean, there's many reasons why that didn't work out. Um, so um, that led to me inventing this uh, this housing, yeah, this, this product.
0: Nice. And there's also many reasons and, and people along the way that helped it get to this point, which I think is really cool and kind of like a good narrative of what's happening right now in Philadelphia in general. Um, I mean, feel free to just name drop a bunch, but I, I think I remember like us and you said Blue Bond and Nocturnal and NextFab and like all these places. So I guess, yeah, walk us through like the Philadelphia web that... that Got you right here, even with the investors in the university you're working with.
2: Sure. I mean, it's a, it's a really, really interesting story. Um, I, I guess the first thing to say is that, I mean, my credentials in this field are not very good. I, I've been a great employee of, um, you know, many different kinds of businesses. I've done sales over the telephone in person. Um, I've been restaurant management. I've done, you know, theater acting, all that kind of stuff. Um, as well as you know, obviously drumming and other versions of musical performance. But I'm really not a businessman um, from from the get go. It's not my my degrees in. So you know, I, I came up with the idea. Um, and yeah, initially you guys were my really only support um, for this. So that's why I'm so happy to be here. Um, great, dude. Yeah. Well, no, but really, I mean, it was um, we, we we became friends when you opened the store and I was working uh, on the same block. Um, but then. You know, I met Matt shortly thereafter, and when you started working here, and um, you know, it's actually your whole community. Whether it's Robbie, Frankie, I mean, really everybody, Justin. I mean, the whole community, and your wife Tao, of course, have all been really supportive. Um, and so, basically, yeah, it started with me running my mouth with you. <laughs> that really is it. We're good at that. Yeah, and then um, you know, basically, right, you know, came up with a prototype, um, and I did that myself with a open source CAD program. So free. The program was called FreeCAD, literally. literally. You can download it. It's called FreeCAD. But it was good enough that the file was able to be converted to a solid print file, which is what Nextfab used to 3D print it. Um, So Nextfab's a great maker space, perfect kind of resource for someone like myself. And I do want to commend them. That's a really important thing that they're doing. Um, You know, giving people access to, I mean, 3D printers are cool, but if you can't use them, they're not cool right? <laughs> you know, So um, getting access to it. Um, so they did a great job. You know, there's a guy over there named Walt Barger, who's a wonderful um, 3d specialist. And he, uh, he helped me really, you know, make sure that, uh, you know, my idea translated to the 3d print, which it did, it was very simple. Um, it's really just a very basic housing. But uh, I did get support from an astrophysicist from a physicist friend of mine, who would know obviously more about, you know, kinetic motion, momentum, um, you know, friction, things like this. Um, And so I spoke to my dear friend, Alana McDonald. I will drop her name um, because she's so influential to this. Um, She's a very young PhD at astrophysics. I'm very proud of her. Um, She and I went to college together in Quebec, Canada, uh, at Bishop's University. Um, And so she went off to get her PhD, and I I immediately reached out to her. Um, Her husband, Sam, has got this awesome beard, like, down to his, like, belly button or something, and he came all the way to Philly for the beard competition. Yeah, it's nuts. Anyways, good good people, so I, I reached out, and they helped me, and then NextFab printed it. I had a print. I was super excited, and then, you know, really, it was a matter of fundraising, so I tried to Kickstarter, you know, because that's kind of what everybody does, and, you know, I, I, part of the goal was to make money, yeah, you know, but I think the primary goal was to have a platform to, you know, I mean, there's you know, you can, you can't really be a soapbox speaker if you don't have a soapbox. So I, um, I wanted to, you know, announce what I had discovered, which was this kinetic, um, motion, um, you know, in something that's otherwise pretty boring, you know, static symbols are just sort of staying there and they're great to look at, but, um, you know, there's just one logo on them usually, or maybe a, a second description of its size. It's very, uh, aesthetically, there's a lot, a lot of, Potential. So I discovered that visual potential, but also the um, Doppler shifting vibrato that comes out when you spin a cymbal, uh, as well as, um, of course, the sizzle chain. So you put a sizzler on there. That's my favorite part, you know, that. S- yeah. S- 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 soothing white noise. Um, so that's great for, you know, brush player, people that want to, you know, mimic the sound of brush work, but don't necessarily have a drummer, So such as yourself, Matt. We did that video. We did the video with the guitar. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do one with a dig. Ooh. I knew that. Oh,
1: definitely. Just have that going with the sizzle chain. Oh, yeah. my
2: God. That'll be the perfect drone.
1: I know. I was going to say it's like a, a, a white noise and then a drone. So it's just like.
2: Oh, my. Ooh. Somebody get a sitar. <laughs> oh wow! Oh well, you know, I know a guy. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know a guy. Oh, yeah. He's got a guy for that. <laughs> no, but I mean, this is the kind of exactly the kind of uh, experimentation that I think Spindles perfect for. You know, um, it just fills in a lot of blanks because you know silence is really painful to the human ear. Um, I'm the kind of guy that I need white noise when I'm sleeping. I don't know about about you, gents, but you know, I I'm, I have a I have a problem with silence. I'm a drummer. I love noise, um, and so I live in a city that's busy in action, and so. Um, that's what I like about spinball. is it kind of, um, it, it, it acts in a way as a nice distraction, um, from, from what otherwise might be a mistake in your playing or the guitar noise, perhaps that squeak, or perhaps someone making the breath sound in their voice to breathe in. So having that little bit of white noise will level out those sort of small, um, you know, undesirable sounds that musicians get as byproducts of their performance. So, um, but yeah, blah, blah, back to the, 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 um, The process here—it was sort of uh, next fab printed the the prototypes, and then I started sending them to people. That was—I went super guerrilla, old school, um, you know, marketing um, approach, which was uh, essentially just to email everybody I knew um, and to get as much information to as many people as possible. So Kickstarter—I didn't really make any money on it. Um, I got about you know a third to my goal, and that's fine. Um, I'm actually incredibly thankful that 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 didn't succeed i ended up canceling it even two weeks premature anyways Mm -hmm. because what happened from that kickstarter is that i was able to garner enough attention from some real some really um influential decision makers and um trendsetters in the drum industry including you know editors of magazines and um as well as uh inventors themselves so one name i'd love to drop is graham um of Maxonics. he's the uh Owner and inventor of this Florida-based uh, drum accessory company, wonderful man, but really inventive ideas. But he he really did support me um, from the get-go in terms of he reached out, wanted to help me get better prices. I didn't know how to shop for this kind of thing. I didn't know the really the process. Is it should I injection mold? Should I get a lathe? How do we do this? Is it tool and die guys or is it you know a plastic? Are we doing this domestically? Are we doing this foreignly? How, how do we do this? I don't know. So um it became pretty apparent I needed help. And so you know originally you and I had talked about some options and you know in in a way I think it's really good that I was able to kind of expand my net a bit more because you know unfortunately you don't sell drums <laughs> in terms of like a full drum set division plenty of percussion though. Yeah. Yeah, and, short on
0: space but yeah.
2: And the gear that's also necessary I will plug this. This is huge. I mean upkeep gear is really important. So heads right? You guys carry heads, you carry drumsticks. I mean, drum keys, clutches for your hi hats. I can see drummers running from Milk Boy or from TLA or from one of the many DIY venues around here. So um, it's great that you have it. But point back to the point is: is that really? I cast this wide net with the Kickstarter and got um, a lot of support from the industry, um, and then settled on a final design. Settled on um, you know you know how I was going to get it to market in the sense that. You know, I, I decided that I wasn't going to make symbols uh, or, or really attack the symbol market. It's a lot of competition, a lot of great professionals doing that. Nor is it my forte. Um, so, you know, I decided to stick with the spinning symbols and the engine that does it, which is this.
0: We had the uh, the display set up here while that Kickstarter was going. Yeah, um, and it, it was so cool, especially you know with with us having been there from the start. But to see every day someone discover it or like they just see a symbol on a stand and like oh what is this I oh, just give it a spin and it's like whoosh.
1: whoa it's like oh i thought that was just a symbol in the corner yeah <laughs> That's right it. That's like really oh i can just hit that cool yeah
2: right that was the that was really generous of you to uh to to share that space in your in your store I mean it's coveted space um in and now
0: it's all vinyl and everything, but yeah, for a while we didn't know what to put there and and then it just happened perfectly timing wise had the little uh little tablet display there with the Kickstarter, so we got to see the dollars trickle in and right was oh, it gonna happen
2: and yeah. For a minute there, I, I was I was convinced we were going to get the money. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, had had I gotten that money, I would have been forced to fulfill orders way prematurely with this not fully thought out. And one of the things I'm going to, I'll admit, you know, I, I am not a trained designer either, so I rely heavily um, on this on support um, from from those who are. And so one of the things that was really embarrassing, you know, part of why. I, we don't use skateboard bearings anymore and why we don't speak about skateboards in sort of our general communication online or content because it's not a skateboard bearing. Um, Skateboard bearings are oil. And so when they're lubricated with oil, when they're vertical, the way they are in a skateboard, it'll reintegrate into all the balls. And so when it's rolling, that oil will stay in that line and all that oil will get circulated around, um, which is great for a vertical bearing. But a horizontal bearing, if you were to use a skateboard bearing, it, that oil would eventually migrate out. And then you'd be left with a non-spinning symbol holder. So um, skateboard bearings are also pretty precise. Uh, there are a reasonable amount of precision involved. They're not necessarily high on the abec scale, but very very much more precision than we require. Um, and so we needed brute spinning fours. And so basically we realized greased bearings were the way to go. And we got shielded greased bearings. And this grease doesn't migrate out um, thanks to the fact that it's, you know, denser than a true liquid. So
0: what other applications would we use, like, a grease
2: bearing in? Oh, my gosh, everything. Um, so to to give you a little bit of background on this, the 608 bearing, as it's called, which has a height of seven millimeters, an internal diameter of eight millimeters, and a uh, circumference, not circumference, diameter of 22 millimeters, um, is this wonderful, wonderful, and most common in the entire world bearing. So it's the simplest, most straightforward, and it's in everything. Most of the drawers you open in your kitchen are those size bearings. Car doors even use them. They're in drum sets already. Is the other beautiful thing? Also, so bass drums, pedals. Yeah, it,
1: with the bearings, from the bearings you had before and the ones now, is there like a longer spin? Is, there, is it like the same? Is it like smoother? Is there anything different about that?
2: That's a good question. I mean, so the reason why we don't need precision is because um, there's that felt in between which is our shock absorber and um luckily we don't we don't require sort certain precision i mean there are bearings that are very expensive that are made for you know gun turrets or yeah. mri machines really expensive elaborate uh, where precision down to the nanometer i mean you know microscopic amounts we don't need that so we got um you know brute spinning force with grease and basically the to answer your question is that it's about the same and I mean it lasts for like a pretty damn long time yeah yeah, so a skateboard bearing w- initially is a little bit longer. You'll get maybe a couple more minutes of spin time, which is essentially arbitrary. Once you get past five minutes, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, in my opinion, unless it's Frank Zappa. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, so like every five minutes I have to spin this symbol one
1: more time. Like it's, it's... right, <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. like
2: a ninety minute uh, almond Brothers jam. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, but it, the thing is, is I I think that's part of the allure of spin bowl for me and why I. Can continue to want to play it on my own kit um is because it is manual i'm i'm required to spin it Um, it's part of the performance the way that choking a symbol is when you stop it so you go with the symbol i mean that's a wonderful technique and it's also visually really pleasing to get that feedback as an audience member to see that drummer interacting with the equipment on his on his kit is part of the show not just playing this the the pieces and
1: then on top of that the designs that you have on there as well
2: Every oh my the Markings and all that stuff. and You can make stuff bounce off it and be like, "Oh, sweet man, it's a real show!" Right? It's a, it's it's playful, right? I'm, mm-hmm. and I mean, I don't know. I, let me ask you this question. Can I ask a question? I'm, I'm gonna ask question. <laughs> yeah, go I'm ask a question. I'm gonna ask a question. Oh, <laughs> a question. But I mean, do you really? Do have you put any thought into the fact that we call it playing music as opposed to per- doing music, or? Working music, or you know i hey, I did some music this afternoon as opposed to no, I played my drums this afternoon it's It's play, and I think yeah. it
0: translates like that in other languages too. I'm just trying to think of of
2: spielen I'm German, I know that yeah. um I'm thinking about french i I would imagine it is it's, in it most is
0: playing yeah I think toka, the brand sorry if I'm wrong, but I think toka is based on like tokar, or something which is the verb to play um so, no, it does feel like that, um, and that's why like Matt and I can't go to bed before 4 a.m. because we close the shop at eight, and then it's like we have all this stuff everywhere to play with, to <laughs> yeah. play. But
2: it's playing, right? Yeah, man. And when you think about it, and this is something that I really spend a reasonable amount of time actually thinking about, because you know it is my you know duty to my own you know. Um, design my own invention here that i want to i want to you know inspire people to remind themselves that hey look it's about being being fun too you know And, and the times where music wasn't fun for me was when it was mechanical when it was the same exact concert the same exact set list basically the same venue different city you know that kind of repetition takes the fun out of music And I got into music from jazz and from rock and roll, from 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 exciting, intriguing, you know, genres. Um, So, you know, I think that's the thing about Spinball is um, it came from a skateboard wheel. The idea, you know, that's the inspiration, which is a a toy, you know, as much as it's a tool, it could get you from point A to point B. You could use it as a transportation device, but really, it's it's about having a good time while you're doing it. So, same applies for symbols, in my opinion. It's, look, there we got them; they they sound great, but we could we could have more fun with this, you know. And I, I remind, I try to remind everyone: we're in drums to have a good time, first and foremost, to let out energy, to you know expand, um, you know, our avenues of, of of expression. So, you know, why not have um, another tool? And so, I hate that. I mean, the pitch that I'm basically kind of giving you is. I'm not saying you need spinball, but why take that risk? You know, that and kind once of a you joke. have it, then you're, it's
0: why not have that, right? Um, and also a quick correction: I did just look up tokar, and I want to do justice. It means to touch, which essentially, you know, is is playing. So it's same, same concept: the interactive uh, nature. But yeah, back to to what you were just saying too. Isn't the symbol like one of the oldest instruments ever? So it's kind of just existed as this thing and now it's time to right t- to take it to the next level or, or just throw yeah. a little wrench in the, the version 2.0 oh, yeah um yeah.
2: well no you're right i mean it's, we're talking five thousand years and that's a that's not a an exaggeration that's not hyperbole i mean that's five actual thousand years um so that predates um really kind of you name the modern religion it predates it um by double I'm just like picturing
0: yeah, no. now, you know, I've been to like Buddhist funerals and things where they have symbols and they're banging them and yes. things. And just in my head right now is yes. like seeing myself at a Buddhist funeral yes. with a spinball in the corner just spinning with like the sizzle chain and keeping the white noise going while they're doing the whole thing. I mean, who knows? Well, what, that's it's really how, funny
2: you mention it because um, no, I am a, a huge supporter of um, of Tibet and, and Tibetan independence, um, but as well, uh, I'm a massive supporter of, um, you know, what... The, with that religion and also what that um, you know sort of philosophy can do to help people. It's it's helped my mother um, control um, you know some of the symptoms of her MS by using meditation. So there's there's a lot of teachings from that religion um, that do feel a little bit more ancient, a little older. And even though symbols really you know did kind of come out of we we understand it to be Mesopotamia, right between the Tigris and the Euphrates River. Um, but no, in, in Asia, um, in, the, in the Himalayans, particularly in Tibet, um, they do prayer wheels. And so these are pieces of metal that are long. They're sort of, col- um, what's the term there for like a long, uh, they're like a column that spins and that has prayers on them. And so you would walk by perhaps maybe 20 of these in a row. I, I don't know the amount of prayers. I'm not a practicing member of the religion. However, you would walk by and you would spin So they're on spindles, but they're massive pieces of metal um, with prayers written on them, Um, and so that's one of the few places where there's any recorded documentation of people spinning metal in that kind of way. Um, So it's yeah, I do, I I really do look forward to um, you know perhaps sharing this with uh, maybe a rinpoché or you know someone who could be a you know, involved with, with that, and see see if there could be a musical relationship to that religion. And I think that would be wonderful for many people's practicing faiths, um, and uh, I mean, also from a medical perspective as well. It's a calming thing, the way that I need to have white noise when I sleep. It can it can be a relaxation method for for uh, many folks, and then also with hypnosis. Given that we can put a hypnosis wheel on there, you can put a a, a, a spiral, you know, that does the uh, the whole. Now you are going to sleep. You know, I mean, so people really could have some fun with it. And that's the idea. Have you tried to hypnotize yourself with your spin
0: bowl and then sat down to play the drum kit? Can that be like a, an experiment?
2: No, no. It's funny you mentioned though. I, that's one thing I am trying to be cautious of, um, understanding that people do have epilepsy. Um, and there are plenty of conditions that would respond to stroboscopic images and flashing lights, um, plenty of conditions that would respond negatively to those kinds of things. So I'm being really cautious of how I make my symbol designs and how I present them, you know, often with a disclaimer, hey, you know, don't hurt yourself because um, I don't want anyone to to have that problem.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. I actually just read a very sad story, but someone like a, I think it was a cyberbullying type thing where um, someone that did have epilepsy was being bullied, and so someone purposely sent them, you know, a oh. very... Whatever text message or picture or something that that did trigger that. So I wasn't even thinking about that for you, but um, so yeah, if you go to guy's Instagram or uh, Spinball's Instagram, you will be able to see the the images of everything spinning. But you're really thinking about like everything. It's it's really and you've learned seemingly about everything from this one little device that'll spin
2: a symbol for a while. Yeah, I mean it's it's a, it's a, it's all about learning. Um, because I realized early that I you know was kind of I had an idea, but I was kind of guessing, you know, and uh, that's really dangerous when it comes to business. It's really dangerous when it comes to dealing with other people's money and and also expectations. Drummers, we have expectations that gear will be great, not good, great. Uh, We abuse equipment. That's what we do. So, um, you know, me relying on uh, industry professionals and support from a university. So I guess that's where this kind of comes through is that Um, I'm very proud to say that um, I can publicly announce that I've partnered with um, LaSalle University's Business Engagement Center is its full title and it's basically their version of a business incubator Um, and uh, basically it's a little different than the ones we know from this city as compared to Drexel and Penn those universities draw from student ideas LaSalle draws from the general public Um, and that's often because you know, there's a smaller student body, um, but um, it's actually quite unique in the sense that the way it works is that I'll absolutely have support from students that are in their regular years of studies, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21. But then also once these, just some of these students graduate and they want to get a job, um, rather than necessarily a specific startup hiring them, the LaSalle business engagement center does. And so it's about job creation and it's about also job creation that's non-competitive with their peers. So it's a these are jobs that otherwise wouldn't be available and so essentially um LaSalle then hires their own recent graduates whom they have fostered and you know mentored uh, throughout four or five or six years of education or more uh, and these students um, then participate in all of their startups. Now they don't necessarily do the same volume of work for each um, company, and I am proud to say that for Spinbull it seems as though they're doing a, kind of a little bit more in, um, in that we are a launch. You know, We're not coming to them part way through. And so with them on board and with their expertise and knowledge, um, you know, given that it's run by, you know, the director of the program, Stephen Malik, a wonderful man. You've met him.
0: I have. Yeah, you guys came in here and we yeah. did a whole, like, what is a retail experience potentially with with the Spimble?
2: Right. And we also, you know, got to, got us, you know, connect the dots because you were such a great supporter from day one. So, and you too, Matt. Um, Me? Yeah, you did the Spimble sessions, which is on our YouTube. Yeah. And you can hear Matt singing a beautiful version of his song out loud. Oh, thank you. It's an original, right? Yes?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's in my buddy uh, Robbie and Frankie's studio, das Gato Studios. Yes.
2: Yeah. That's a nice
1: place. It is. It's fun. He's
2: got a nice kit. I know. That's I know. a very. I'm. I'm happy I got to play that. Dude, kit. that
1: room sounds beautiful. There's something organic about it. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of practice there, but if you just have the guitar and the spindle, he put like uh, what, like 4033s, like in the mm-hmm. corners. Amazing and stuff. microphones uh, everywhere. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Oh, but for for your. I Video, mean, just yeah. in general, just all the time. Yeah. Like you have that in the corner, you can hear it in like every space. It sounded beautiful, man.
0: Yeah,
2: no, I, I really like working with him, Robbie. You, you guys have a great community of of uh, not only employees but partners. I think of them. You know, really, it's like it's, you've it's got a family, a, yeah, really, a family kind of. a Really thing. talented,
1: wonderful people. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
2: especially particularly Robbie. I got to give him a real, real heads up, um, real, real props. But another person to mention, actually, you know, when it comes to not dropping names, um, I can do a lot of that. It seems. But uh, Lucas Kaczynski, the owner of um, Sleepless Sound Studio, a little different than what you do. They're not a retail location, and they don't seemingly do as much lessons. It's more of a traditional, you know, go to record, go to make a video. Um, Sleepless Sound Studio does a wonderful uh, Red Room series, which is similar to this room, which is also red, which is wonderful for music. But um, uh, he, he was one of the very first people I reached out to um, in terms of getting good recordings of Spinball. And so he, he even signed an NDA and everything. I said, hey, man, can you sign an NDA? You know, a secretive way before anything took off. And uh, so, you know, he was a great supporter and actually helped me edit the footage that you and I um, filmed uh, to make the first Kickstarter video. Which was at, like, a theater
0: right in Old City or something like that with your friend Yeah, Gina. was it Kenzo?
2: Where? Were... Oh, no, no, it was um, Port Richmond. It was up on um, Frankfurt Ave., uh, it's the Walking Fish Theater. Used to be a functioning sort of a small black box theater. Uh, I had seen some shows there, um, but no. Uh, now I think it's more for rehearsals and rentals. But it's a nice little black box. And Gina Martino is another name I get to drop. Uh, Miss Gina Martino is a local casting director and actor, actor of her own right. She's a. She actually was the female lead of a film that I got to play a bit role in called The Avenue, which just came out. <laughs> is edit. that when you get like beat up in a bathtub or something like that? No, no, I'm beat up in an auto body shop. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. There was that a scene. That's a different story. Yeah, there yeah. was a Whoops. scene where I'm <laughs> smoking <laughs> cigarettes in a hot tub, um, yelling at somebody on a telephone. But that didn't make it to the final edit. Yeah, you know. But any case, um, Gina is a great uh, friend of mine for many years, and she um, uh, was once we realized that I needed money and support, and really a lot more help um, I, uh, I reached out to her specifically, which is how I got to LaSalle. So I reached out, I said, Gina, Hey, look, how do you get funding for movies? She's like, I have really, you know, um, just a few people that I trust, you know, that, that can help with that kind of thing. And most of the time, she, that's not really her job in the, in the process, but she knew who to ask. And so right down the street actually is the residence of, uh, Mr. Paolo Piloli to drop his name. Um, he's a wonderful local director. He's also uh, himself a producer um, involved with Theater Project Film. Uh, he used to book one of our largest venues in the city. So he's a pretty multifaceted um, kind of a, 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 a guy who can kind of fix things, get things done kind of thing. Uh, and he, when I mentioned uh, the spin bull to him, he immediately got excited and immediately knew who to reach out to. Um, who is the right kind of um, person? So he led me to um, serial investor, which is my favorite term. Uh, Elliot Not the guy yes. responsible for cinnamon toast crunch and Fruit Loops and <laughs> Apple Jacks. <Cereal. laughs> no, 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 like serial killer, like serial. Um, no, serial and in, um, investor, but also him himself is a he's a doctor as well as uh, you know plenty of his own um, businesses have have uh, been involved in innovation in this area, but, um, Dr. Elliot Mankowitz is a local, uh, entrepreneur, an an, old, an older gentleman, far, far more experienced than I. Um, and, uh, and, and this guy, um, really saved the project. So it was him saying, look, you know, this is a lot of fun. This you've got a really bunch of good ideas. There's some stuff we can work on. Let me get you in contact with LaSalle. He's one of their benefactors, but also a great supporter and helps them. Um, and he and Elliot, one thing I really appreciate him as an individual is he um, you know, ha, has a, a reasonable amount of uh, experience, but rather than exclusively doing business for himself for his own earnings, he participates with LaSalle University, and he is really um, big on imparting as much information to a younger generation as possible or experiential mistakes so that we don't have to make them um and so his educational um approach to doing business is something i really value Uh, my parents are both phd professors my brother just turned his in my sister's a school teacher so everyone's an academic in my family and they're all educators of sorts so i'm really happy to say that you know i'm i'm not only supporting my own business and my own venture but you know that these are, these are uh, students that are going to be learning along the way that are also under the supervision of wonderful professionals. So, um, so to, you know, it really was Gina, the actor and casting director, got me to Paolo, the, um, the actor and more of a funding, sort of a back-end business uh, aspect of the uh, entertainment industry, got me to Elliot Mankiewicz, who is a local serial investor, um, prolific uh, in that regard, who then got me to LaSalle, uh, and then through that, we actually now have uh, maybe one or two additional investors, but one primary investor, um, uh, a Mr. John Jones Jr., uh, who lives in the area as well, who is a, uh, a young and, uh, and an eager um, entrepreneur himself, uh, reasonably, um, uh, reasonably known in his field, which I don't know if it would be fair for me to really share too much about, but a really, really great guy. Um, so we've got a really large team um and i think more the merrier and i'm sorry i'm talking a lot Whew.
1: no that's what it seems like it seems like it's like well if you really do want to start something from the ground up you need to know everybody involve them communicate be a part of it it's like wow, well, entrepreneurship
2: yeah i mean if you if you if you i mean if if i don't have the tools you know if i don't have the education um required to necessarily know what a you know purchase order is and things like that um you know i I would think it would be silly for me to take it upon myself to learn it um, at this age. You know, I'm 31 years old, and uh, I do believe that I'm going to learn all these things. And it'll be a nice long osmosis mm. that may take years. But, but this um, is part of the learning. Right. I don't have time yeah. to go to get a, a, a master's in business administration, nor is that probably the best use of my time. Right. There are those. And so I'm bringing these folks into the fold. It's yeah. the
1: biggest thing that I learned from listening to you talk just now. Like anybody who's listening to this podcast right now, if you're looking to start an idea, if you have something... Learn from that. You don't have to do it on your own. Don't put it on your back. Don't try to learn a thousand things. Be like, oh, talk to people.
2: Know who they are. It's beautiful. Well, and that's something I learned from Steve. Yeah, Um, absolutely. uh, Steve, you are a massive... Him alone, you're a massive um, inspiration to me because... You know, I was kind of treading water between, you know, gigs. It was the one tour to the next tour. And, oh, maybe I'll tend some bar here or I'll go wait tables there. Or, oh, yeah, sell some stuff on the phone for a few years. And back and forth, um, not really knowing where I was. And watching you being not just, you know, opening a store and just trying to do one thing. But you are a community-minded space. I mean, this is about teaching the folks in the neighborhood but from afar. And then also... You are a retail store, but you connected to me because I was on the block. I connected to you because you were on the block. And we're a community, you know, um, in of itself, a little micro-community. And I get to to say that you inspired this because, you know, if you hadn't had the drive and the wherewithal to know that, hey, it takes a village, it really does. So It does.
0: And that's that's the thing that I had to learn, you know, same thing. um, When I first opened, it was like this, you know, essentially was my idea, my wife and my idea, but then it it was like, oh, this is, you know, my burden. Don't worry, don't worry. Like you don't have to spend your time. I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this until you realize there's all these people that believe in the same thing and want to be a part of it, want to help you. Right. Um and then as you were saying too, like with yourself and the people that have helped you, it does come with a responsibility then when you when you figure things out and, and you get to a certain point. Um and then you're attracted to that energy. I mean I had already known you Um, And we were close, but then you had this new energy of I have this idea, I have this thing, and it just it's I think in people like ourselves and the people who've helped you, it's just instant where it's like I have to help this person. You know, I've I just have to give them everything that I just got and went through, right? um, Just to help all you know, all ships rise is one of my favorite sayings that that uh, a community Mm. member here that's that's been great um, and, and has really supported us. Uh, that's one thing that she always said when we were first getting to know each other and talking is, you know, it's just all ships rise. Just, you know,
2: fill yeah, fill the river yeah. or whatever, the ocean, and then yeah. let it all get up. Yeah. Right. I mean, in the city right now, th- there's a whole lot happening. And, um, you know, one one nod I do want to make is to uh, Councilman David O., um, who was the brain, um, sort of the, uh, the mastermind, I suppose, of Philadelphia's new um, music industry task force. Uh, And that's a task force that has um, been charged with the task of bringing Philadelphia to the forefront of worldwide music, Um, you know, I guess whether it's the music itself or the gear or anything to do with music, as we once were. And I I was there. I I remember driving down Germantown Avenue in the late 80s and listening to the most amazing Philadelphia music, which there is far less of. Um, Not entirely, but, you know, it could be better. So... Um, I'm really the timing is wonderful for that, and you know um, i hopeful I'm hopeful that there's something we can do to support them I mean, and vice versa, you know, because if I do well, if you do well, then we're all going to do well and particularly with Spinbull, that was my main cornerstone of the business is that I refuse to try to pretend that I'm a symbol maker or i'm a I'm a symbol smith. I mean these are skilled craftspeople that take years of uh, internships and apprenticeships to get to where they are. I mean, hammering a symbol is not easy. It sure looks easy, but it's not. Um, And so uh, I want to leave that to the professionals. And what I'm simply doing is, you know, challenging, I guess, folks out there to say, hey, look, we've got other options on how these could look, you know? And um, so for me, I I have more fun making them myself, knowing that I'm not trying to do this um, as a profession, you know, so I'm doing the, the symbol kinetic designs. So spirals, stroboscopic effects. Um, I did a Rolls Royce, uh, jet engine, like for a plane, like I did one that looks like that. Um, things that look like shields. You saw my, my new double, um, double spiral thing today. And, um, lots of gestalt impl- implication in the design. So I'm pl- I'm playing once, right, back to the playing. Mm-hmm. I'm having fun with it, but I'd really love to see all these amazing companies, you know, make m- probably more money, but that's probably one byproduct, but more, moreover, make more smiles on more faces of more audience members and drummers of themselves. Um, so, you know, it's like, I figure, you know, i I'm gonna throw these uh, ideas out to everyone and kind of try to muse and playing the role of muse is way more fun because now there's no competition. I can say, look guys, you go go make your money this would be great. There's this one guy in the UK I mean he's charging you know thousands of pounds for his drawn ons beautiful symbols and I bet you when he gets the gets a look at one of my kinetic designs you know poorly executed as it may be or crude or You know, however you look at it, you know, that might inspire him to say, hey, I can try this, too. Um, And then, God forbid, a a major company decides it's a good idea. Well, then 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 uh, we're sitting pretty, I hope so. Um, It is a good idea. Yeah, go so, to the Spinball
0: Instagram, like we
2: were saying, and, and watch them all. Yes,
1: it'll inspire you to play, not work. Right, and yeah. I think business right. should
2: be as much as it is obviously traditionally a transactional relationship where you know it's a quid pro quo. Literally, here's my money, and give me my product or service. Um, I think that uh, what our modern age has shown us, and this is where my education does come into play with communications and cultural studies and such. Is that um, it's more interactional than ever? Um, that it has to be a give and a take um, uh, on different lines of emotion or intelligence, and so I feel as though not just making a product that you know I could pitch and say, "Hey, this is so great, and you're going to love it," but no, it's 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 actually something that you can expand upon, and I look forward to that. So you know, giving somebody something truly novel is hard, and I'm really lucky that. That skateboarder hit me on that street.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a way to look at a situation pretty positively. I mean, you I, got eh. you got smashed. All your eggs fell. You broke them all, and now, you, what? Like two years later, you're like, oh wow, I have all this stuff to show out. Feeling well, good, yeah. got new inspirations.
2: I mean, it was a bad moment, not just because um, the. Uh, I got knocked over, but I mean, I, w- I wasn't in a great space. I'll be honest. I was between tours. I was, I was auditioning and not really excited by the prospects. Um, finding myself wondering if I ought, you know, get on another national tour. I mean, it was one of those things. You, you pick up a tour and you just kind of disappear for a few months and then you come back and you're at the same place. And that's, um, that's a nice apology for the state of affairs. I can still say I'm a drummer doing that, but it's not really creatively inspiring. And so, um yeah i was i was i was in need at that moment too you know emotionally or you know mentally or however you look at it so it it was uh a really terrible you know not not terrible time of year but just it was like, it was like a rough patch mm-hmm. and then uh and, and then just and then literally that impact yeah. yeah and you might as well make it a good thing you know absolutely yeah why not? So, I mean, that's the thing is you guys helping a lot, helping out at the beginning, you know, just by the videos we made together, um, some of those recordings as well. You doing the recording, Matt. Um, it's really generous. And, you know, obviously, I can't wait to do more um, stuff like that. So
0: on the YouTube page, there's the Dos Gatos thing, too, as well as the Spimble session and all that stuff?
2: Yeah. So on the YouTube page, there's um, two well, three three primary videos the one would be the first kickstarter that you and i filmed at walking fish studios uh the second is at dos gatos studios which is robbie simmons um you know private studio um and that was not only me playing and we did a bunch of shoots there but then also there's the third video is math matthew white singing out loud that's great (laughs) I, i really i'm very happy we did that that was fun yeah. yeah, I had super long hair, I had a yellow shirt. It was wonderful. Yeah, what happened to your hair? What was going on here? It just left. I woke up and yeah. it was gone. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it <laughs> fell off. Eighty <86'd>. six. Eighty six. <laughs> Mine, on the other hand, look at this. Oof, look at I here. know, man. Growing it out. Yeah. Looking yeah. sassy over here. Yeah, I know. I'm, it's all, I'm trying to work on this party in the back. I don't know about it, though. You know, we'll see. You should braid it. No, little no. little braids.
0: Little. You should buzz in <laughs> one of your kinetic designs. Yeah. There yeah. you go, right? Yeah, yeah. Rolls Royce engine. Spin it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but you
2: know, I'll t- well, can I share one thing that I'm really excited? We we Please. just earned patent pending, um, uh, uh, I guess status is the term with the United States uh, Patent and trade Trademark Office, um, which is huge for us um, because you know this means that now um, we can we can go forward with a with a degree of confidence that we didn't have. So we've nailed the uh, the start on that. We're being our intellectual property is being protected by a wonderful law firm, uh, as well. I work with a wonderful corporate lawyer who does startups exclusively, um, and I would like to drop Frank's name, Mr. Frank Tanny, um, wonderful startup lawyer. He's worked and spoken at most of the largest, you know, startup kind of techie, you know, young business kind of events in this city. Um, his Twitter handle is at Scary Lawyer which is awesome he's 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 a great lawyer and he really did help me as well so you know the the, the idea that at the end of it when spinable actually launches within a month or two it'll be more than 20 real influencers more than 30 even people that have contributed real serious time and real serious you know um I guess, intelligence into this. So it's it's the work of 30 people, and I'm really lucky I get to say it's mine, but it's the work of many, many people. Yeah, Yeah. it's pretty dope. So it's March 30th,
0: 2017 right now. This will be posted on April 1st, 2017. So as you were saying then, that makes it about um, June-ish, 2017,
2: potentially, of uh, the launch? Oh, no, no, my friend. Uh, We're looking at um, perhaps early May. Yeah, already. Then perhaps as early as May. Um, it seems as though we're going to start with a direct consumer, just from our website, um, just to get started. We're gonna we're gonna do a you know maybe a month or six weeks of that something like that, um, where folks can sort of just go to our website and order it. Um, simple, really, really um, plain. And then, really, the purpose of that is to get as much feedback as we can. Uh, from players um, to know exactly how, you know, we could maybe improve on our presentation or maybe even improve on things like perhaps packaging or things like perhaps, uh, you know, some of our content online. So the idea is we want to kind of do a soft open, as I did with the Kickstarter, um, which I think is important because, you know, getting that feedback is going to be huge. And it also gives drummers that are already on board with the concept or interested with the concept kind of a head start. So, so some name dropping. Here we go. You ready? All right, here we go. Da, 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 da. Um, no, some of my favorite drummers. Uh, Micaiah McCraven, a wonderfully talented Chicago jazz drummer, incredibly innovative, um, very unique tone, uh, is a band leader in his own right, which is rather rare uh, for drummers. Um, he and I went to high school together. I can't wait for him to uh, to get to get his hands on real spinballs. He's had some prototypes before. Um, as did Ira Elliott of the band Nada Surf. And they're kind of in a, right now they're, they're having a moment. They just released a great record, uh, with a symphonic orchestra out of Europe. Uh, I believe Germany, beautiful stuff. Check it out. Nada Surf's having a little renaissance. Um, but I'm a huge fan from back in the MTV days, you know? Um, and then also John Convertino of the band Calexico. I'm a huge fan of their percussion. Um, it's sort of He's not necessarily as much of a drummer as he is, uh, I say, kind of a percussion sculptor. I mean, he he, he is really um, mixing up, mixing and matching um, different styles. And I love that mashup. Uh, I, he really inspired me a lot personally with his brushwork particularly. So John Convertino of the band Calexico is one of the guys. I can't wait for him to get a hold of it. Um, you know, and the list can really go on. Um, you know, I've got interest for some, some larger bands, such as Glenn Cochi of Wilco, uh, such as Questlove from the Roots, um, such as uh, John Fishman of the band Fish, um, including Will uh, Calhoun of the band Living Color. Uh, I have some connections to them because I had made a a single with uh, um, the bassist of Living Color, Doug Wimbish, back in the day. Um, so, you know, some of the bigger players, I think, um, are going to need a little time to kind of uh, get a head start. And I want them to have that time um, because that'll inform me. Um, you know, as much as I've been playing drums for 15 years, that guy have been playing a lot more drums for a lot longer. Um, and I need to rely on that experience. And so I'm kind of paying, their, paying my due by giving them some time to tell me what, I, what we could do better and how to do it the best we possibly can.
0: It's really only a matter of time, I feel like, till 'til I'm watching like one of the late night shows and the musical guest is there and the symbol's <laughs> just spinning the whole time and I'm gonna be sitting on the couch like I know that guy. And oh, I know how oh, it's spinning. And I know his name is Guy. <laughs> <And it's, laughs> that's the guy. And it's, that's it's gonna be amazing. Oh, to I see. really
2: hope so. You know, and, and that's the thing about it, is there's a lot to be hopeful for. And the and the beautiful part about it is all I'm asking out of drummers is it's not a lot of money. I mean the product's gonna be, you know, ten to fifteen dollars, maybe. Maybe even sales, it'll be less, right, around the holidays or things like that. But um, it's not really money I'm asking. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do a traditional endorsement thing where, oh, we've got five guys that are our you know, endorsed drummers. No, these things are very affordable. I'm going to give a lot of them away to, to big players and try to get you know, as much as I can out, um, exposure naturally. But really what I'm asking people to do is like expand on their own creativity, which is what they do already. So.
0: Hmm. Who's playing bass? Was that the
2: house organ? <laughs> no, that,
0: that was um, our last guest, Brian Blaker. Uh, Bison's Big Bang. This is the, the template I use, and I forgot that we played one of his songs at the very end. He of the just came podcast. through the door and was like, blam, 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 blam. like, I don't oh even my know god, people, would sorry hear guys, that at home, <laughs> um, if the mics picked that up or not. Um, but, yeah, so that was Brian, who was our last guest. You know Brian, right? From uh, He's in Swift Technique. Ooh, Swift um, Technique. I love that group. They're fun. Dude, they're, yeah. they should have See, a spimble. They, they'd be a great band. I would love to get them a spimble. We can easily get one to them with, with ah. Brian. Brian's one of the yeah. saxophone uh, players. Oh, I have met group. Brian, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and I've also met, um,
2: is that Nick Greeley? Oh, yes. Nick Greeley, what a guy. What a guy. Yeah, the sunglasses and such. He's very audacious. Or he no, is. bodacious, bold and audacious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, good good guy. good guy. I actually, um, I look forward to uh, seeing what they, that, that's the kind of band I think would have a great time with it because that show is unabashedly about having an awesome time. It is. It's just straight just up boom, funk, have their fun. new single. Dance. is just, yeah, it is just no
0: apologies. This is about funk and dancing and having a good time.
2: And those are those are my favorite kinds of shows, I'll be I'll be honest, is something where, you know, this is a term I really hate is when people say they're shamelessly promoting themselves. I think that's wrong. It's you're being allow me to be shameless and promote myself. There's no such thing as shameless promotion because if you're promoting yourself, you've got to be shameless, just and doing it. that's what I think. Bands <laughs> like Swift Technique and some of the other local, more audacious bands that we've got uh, in our city have figured out is that it's uh, you know you're not you're not there's no there shouldn't be any apology for you having an awesome time on stage and being unabashedly what you're about. Beautiful thing. So yeah, that honesty is is huge. So I mean, I, I, I'm really excited. There's a lot of bands in this city and a lot of people, you know, to to get these two. You know, to and you just taught me something.
0: I'm never gonna say I'm shamelessly promoting mm-hmm. anymore.
2: Right. No, it's so allow right. me to be shameless and promote myself. Yeah. Now that's that's a fair statement. But shamelessly promoting, it's always shameless. It has to be. The last time I said that out loud, I was
0: <laughs> in New York waiting for the mega bus, and you know, it's a line of people coming to Philly from New York. And I, I said, "Hey, uh, excuse me." You know, and of course, everyone does that. Then asks for this or that. But I just said, "I just want to shamelessly promote myself for a second and invite you to to come to." Uh, the music store, and it is kind of weird saying that. So I'm going to switch up my game. So
2: thank you. Well, and the other thing is, I find that um, you you garner better results uh, without without self-deprecating de- confidence. I, yeah. Self-deprecating was it's like very 90s. I think kind of a it's an old self-deprecating is for people who are bored. You know, if if you've got nothing better to do than to make fun of yourself, um, you know. I'm not interested, and and, and I do like self reflection, like Mark Maron's style of you know let's figure it out. But that's not straight self depreciation. And I think for you know for example, one of the favorite things that happened with Spinball was rather early on, um, Mr. Charles Morrow, otherwise known as Charlie Morrow, who was Simon and Garfunkel's early earliest producer. I believe he was one of their roommates at NYU. Um, He did The Rascals as well. Uh, He even did that famous Diet Coke commercial back in the uh, 80s. Anyways, Dr. – I don't know if he's a doctor, but conceptualist uh, Charlie Morrow uh, included Spindle footage that we took together. In fact, you took rather. Um, He took that footage and included it into his planetary – uh, planetarium exhibit called Solstice 2016, which he is a, doing again in 17, which was a international worldwide event where, you know, planetariums for 24 hours were streaming a live feed, um, you know, celebrating the solstice, which is one of my favorite things because, you know, a spinning symbol, spinning piece of metal, that's what kind of what we are on a planet. It's a big spinning thing around another big spinning thing, and there's more spinning things. There's a lot of spinning going on. Yeah. But um, so we were included in his footage and there's a great example of you know how I approached him about that kind of thing is I'm not going to say excuse me while I shamelessly promote myself. I'm going to say, I think I have something that you'd like. Right. That's, you know, I mean, that's I don't know. I, I like to be more honest. And, that sounds way more legit. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I think you'd like this. That's pretty, pretty simple. And you were right. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So, I mean, I, it was a small piece of footage and a very large amount of um, content, but I'm, I was really proud to be included in that. That's quite I impressive. I think you should be.
0: I'm, yeah, I'm stoked that yeah. you just told me. I mean, I knew that was happening. I didn't realize like the actual footage
2: that that I had taken was was a part of that. I believe his quote was, um, "How lovely, Uh spinning symbol, something about sonic and visual harmony." It's a nice quote. It's yeah. a great quote. Yeah, he's a, he's a very thoughtful person, and I'm I'm very thankful for his support. Yeah, I mean, this has been really fun. And I feel as though, um, you know, with the Philly.com piece that came out or the Inquirer piece, and folks can check that out, and Daily News even, you know, I, I think a lot of it is about, um, you know, you're being shameless in promoting it, but you don't have to say it. You know, I, I, am, I am really excited about the idea of letting people expand on what they use to have fun with their drum sets.
0: Well, thank you for that. And, uh, and thank you for coming by. I just saw it's like 11.53. We yeah. do this on a Thursday morning. The shop opens in seven minutes. Seven minutes. This is a perfect time to
2: call it. Yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough for letting me kind of share some of my theory and why and how I'm doing this because it's really nice to present information online, but it's quite another to explain it. You know, from from my actual perspective, which is pretty multifaceted and a little obscure at the moment. So and, thanks. And quite do.
0: mesmerizing. I mean, Matt and I have been so well behaved this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of scary. I've been itching well, I'm just sure to there'll be fart jokes in the next one, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna edit it all in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Just
2: throw a couple of those. In. No, I mean we we have plenty of time goofing around, but this that's the thing about it is if we if we goof around. We should do, save that for the stage and for the performance and for the rehearsals. And I think, like, when it comes to preparing for fun, should it should be well thought out. Preparing for fun. Prepare for fun, everyone. That's Learn perfect. to play. Yeah. That's yes. we Say. Give me one of these. Yes. High oh. fives. Guy.
0: You. Hey. Guy, thanks thank for you.
2: very much for having me through. Absolutely. Much love. Thanks for coming by. Mm-hmm. Yak.
1: <laughs>